You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Manzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on Internet radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show in the future as a podcast, we encourage you to consider to listen to the show live during our broadcast time. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self-Storage. The goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. If you're listening to the program live today, then you have an added bonus and opportunity. You might be able to participate in the conversation, one of the two conversations that I have planned for today. How do you do that, you ask? Simply find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, Log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you right to our nerve center in the state-of-the-art studio in Costa Mesa as a part of Tech Space and our engineer, Paul Roberts. He'll bring your thoughts, ideas, and questions to my attention. If you're listening for my interview with Chris Dyer, then you'll just have to wait as he's our second guest on today's program. Probably in about 25 minutes, we'll have him on the show. But first... We're having a returning guest. Yes, one of the few that was so interesting the first time that we just had to have him back on the program. It gives me great pleasure to welcome the president and CEO of Integrity Wealth Management, Ralph Adamo. Ralph, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be back on. As I mentioned, you've been on the program before. People may not have heard that interview, or possibly they need to be educated a little bit about what Integrity Wealth Management does and what your firm is all about. Can you share with us your firm's differentiation and what services you provide? Yeah, let me try to give you the skinny on that. We're just about a 30-year-old organization here in Newport Beach. Uh, We're a wealth management firm handling comprehensive planning. But that term wealth management can mean different things to different people. What we did, Rick, was we went to great lengths to document our process, to delineate step-by-step what wealth management meant in our organization and how we would deliver it in a uniform process to our clients. Um, We defined it so clearly that we felt comfortable naming it the wealth track and actually having it documented and copyrighted in the Library of Congress. We went to that extent because we felt it was that extensive and it was that thorough. Um, It spans eight different categories of where money and people meet up. It even has qualitative issues that deal with uh, passing on value systems, not just valuables, between generations. Um, We're awfully proud of it, and it is a process that we continuously refine and continuously get better at. That's excellent differentiation, Ralph. Can you share with our audience a profile or demographic, a psychographic of the types of um, people that you do business with, that clients of yours? Absolutely. And I think that wealth management attracts the folks that are interested in the comprehensive process. They tend to attract, uh, or those that are attracted to it, tend to have some affluence. Either they're emerging with their affluence from a good income uh, stream that they're creating, and these could be that young 30-something, 40-something, 
They generally are married individuals with children, and they've started to resign themselves to the seriousness of life and the seriousness of finances. To say they're only 30 and 40 would be inaccurate because our clients are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Our oldest client is in their 90s um, and still highly active and involved in their planning. At different stages in, in, in the life spectrum, some folks are in their accumulation process. Other folks are in their distribution process or when they're retiring and using, using those assets. And then lastly, there are some folks who are thinking about the transition process and transferring wealth between generations. And you'll see that in the older ages where they're real myopically focused on how to make sure the assets are transferring smoothly and how to make sure that value systems are transferring smoothly between generations. I appreciate that, and it really sounds uh, that from an age demographic, you're covering the wide spectrum. And I love it when you're able to speak to what makes your firm different because, in my experience, that also attracts the kind of clients who see the most value in your approach, and you clearly have a differentiated and documented approach. And I want to thank you, Ralph, for taking us a little bit through Integrity Wealth Management. I know there's much more to the firm and to you and to your team than uh, we've done justice to here briefly on Critical Mass Radio Show, but I didn't want to get uh, past that, that part of the interview without asking you a little bit about your firm. Thank you, Rick. The reason, ladies and gentlemen, why I asked Ralph back on the radio program, in addition to the fact that he's a great guy, is that he he published an article which I found very interesting. So, it's in the area of social media, and those loyal listeners here of radio of Critical Mass Radio Show know we have, from time to time, tackled the topic of social media and how it benefits entrepreneurs and business owners, which are who listens to this radio program. But before we get into the substance of what you wrote about, Ralph, tell the audience from your perspective, how do you view yourself as an expert, as a novice, or or how do you view yourself as it relates to social media? To be an expert is, uh, I think, a little bit brash and certainly bold. I'd, I'd like to think that we are highly informed. We've got a good grasp on, on things when it comes to certain elements of social media. We're not in the profession of helping promulgate social media. We're simply trying to grasp the skills of what um, an area of social media can do for us in our business. So we're students of it, and students of the craft means means that we remain true to learning and open uh, to stay sharp. So constantly uh, thinking about how is it we can better embrace this tool. You probably know from the article that we focus on one area, and we can talk about that area if time permits. Well, you know, we, we've covered a lot of different um channels, if you will, of social media, and uh, I think over time, a channel that's pr- proving itself to be highly valuable to business leaders and entrepreneurs is LinkedIn as a social media channel. Uh, why did you pick uh, LinkedIn of all the options that were available in social media to you and to your audience that read your publication? Rick, I think because of what we're trying to do in terms of relating to our client, um, there's a degree of formality to LinkedIn that's not necessarily prevalent or obvious in the in the area of Facebook or Twitter and some other platforms. I, LinkedIn is clearly a professional's uh, 
connection platform. I feel quite comfortable when I'm speaking to someone on LinkedIn about speaking to them on a professional level. I don't want to um, come and surprise someone on a Facebook where I'm connecting with them socially and now all of a sudden I spring up the whole topic about business and possibly considering doing business. So that whole mechanism of LinkedIn, I think it's clear to everybody that we're relating on a formal basis and that there's a business expectation between those who are connected. So for me, that's a ripe uh, medium in which to relate to an audience that can be quite target-rich and is already receptive to a business conversation happening. Yeah, I agree because I think LinkedIn sometimes, maybe no longer, but for a while was not even looked at as a as a powerful social media tool. It was more um, maybe from its origins looked at as a tool if you were seeking new employment or you know something in that way as almost a a one trick pony in a way. But but I think over time for people who are in B two B space and maybe even B two C, LinkedIn is really proving itself to be a powerful social media tool. Which is why I wanted to have you highlight some of what you wrote about in your article. So, Ralph, we're going to do that. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first commercial break. And, Ralph, Ralph, when we come back, I'm going to ask you to talk about the article you wrote, which you titled, Cultivating Warm Prospects on LinkedIn. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. Ralph Adamo is our guest today on the program. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Stuff to the right, more stuff to the left Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step So I smart stopped It took a minute to think I need a little better spot Not under the sea With smart stop I leave the stress at the door Cause it's the smart way to store Smart stop bucks the system Your first month's rent is just a buck Your next three months are half off Call 888-97-STORAGE And mention this station Goodbye clutter, hello floors Smart stop, the smarter way to store Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I would like to thank all of you that listen to our show as a podcast. Over the last 30 days, we've had 7,032 downloads of various episodes of the radio program with over 15,000 people visiting our site 
uh, to see what's going on with critical mass radio shows, and we really appreciate that. Let's turn our attention back to our first guest here on the radio program today. As I said, his name is Ralph Adamo. He's president and CEO of Integrity Wealth Management. And before the break, Ralph, I said I was going to ask you to talk about at least let's start with the three techniques that you cover in your article, Cultivating Warm Prospects on LinkedIn. Will you share those with our audience? Absolutely. So let me outline the three um, topics, and then we can drill down into each. The first one was how to be prepared or preparing for a first prospect meeting. The second one was mapping connections and generating leads from those connections. And then the third one was identifying potential referrals or introductions and the sources for those referrals and introductions. So going back up to the first one, which was how do we prepare for that first meeting with a new prospect, a new candidate client? I think if like this morning, I went to meet with a gentleman, and this gentleman's name is Ben. When I went to meet with Ben this morning, prior to that meeting, I had already reviewed his profile. And you think about the the days of past, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have a resume of our prospect, but now folks are willingly uh, profiling themselves and identifying themselves with what their almost resume might say in terms of who they know, what they know, what companies they've been involved with, what organizations and associations they surround themselves with. And so I've had its opportunity to see my shared connections with this individual, Ben, before. So I had a, I had the space and I had the information for me to quickly establish some common ground. I got to see that some of the organizations he related with uh, faith-based and otherwise were organizations that I had familiarity with and connections with. Springboarding the degree of affinity um, far quicker and far easier because of these common denominators. So knowing that kind of information I think can help lend itself to a faster, easier emotional connection which then can give us the opportunity to have the dialogue about is there a business connection that should uh, ensue. So point number one is having the opportunity for someone who's already identified themselves and shared that information with you. If you just take a moment or two and you kind of conceive of it this way, a few moments reviewing their profile, understanding what's on LinkedIn, it will give you a whole lot of insight as to where your common ground is. And having that common ground will lend itself to a dialogue and a rapport establishing far sooner than you might have otherwise where you have to go seeking to discover where the common uh, alignment might be. Now, mapping and generating leads, the second topic, uh, Rick, and I don't know if there was any questions you had about that first one that you wanted your audience to to, to hear uh, or any refinements, but I was going to jump right into mapping connections and generating leads if that's yeah. okay. No, that's great. I appreciate you doing that. Great. So what we can do, which is really interesting, is we can start to to create a mind map in, in many ways, and LinkedIn actually is creating that mind mapping of connections. And I would say as time has gone on, we have gotten more targeted about who it is that we're going to call. So one of the term, terms that I've used over the years is surfacing amidst the convoy. And if I have uh, a group of folks or if I have folks that I – want to uh, meet in a target-rich audience, if there's common threads and common strings 
to those individuals and their connections, it becomes a lot easier for me to connect one to the next. I kind of call this clustering or nesting. These folks exist in pods or in pools, and can we identify the pools of their common connections? Sometimes it's their organization. These are senior executives that uh, work at one organization, and you can find uh, that they are ha- they are in uh, that organization along with six or seven other potential connections you may have or second and third connections that one may have. So it, it turns out to be a tool that will help us navigate the terrain of prospecting to a far more targeted audience if we just pursue the LinkedIn connections and understand before we go out and just fire off in any direction looking for a potential referral, which is the third uh, element that we might want to actually seek, do the reconnaissance to seek the referrals that are already connected to the people we have um, in our uh, old LinkedIn uh, network. Now, identifying potential uh, referrals, it's, it's always been difficult for me, and I don't know about other professional service providers, but it's always been difficult to instigate the conversation around um, gathering referrals. And you know, while my industry has been notorious in mm-hmm. attempting to... <laughs> Uh, gather referrals. We also have many of us who have somewhat of a handicap. We feel a sense of, of, uh, maybe even a little disdain about asking the satisfied client to refer us to his friends and family. But here with this tool, this LinkedIn tool, I can literally print off the connections of that, uh, client, that satisfied client and bring them to them in a meeting. And usually it's a more informal meeting, perhaps lunch or coffee. And I can simply say, Hey Bob, you know, I've been reviewing your LinkedIn. There are a couple candidates, three or four of those candidates on here that I'd like, really like to get to know. And I'm wondering if you would feel comfortable with perhaps opening up a conversation or the door for me to have a conversation with these folks. So that LinkedIn tool where they've already described for us, and in most instances they will allow, um, us to view their, their connections and reviewing mm-hmm. their connections, I can identify a couple, three, four individuals that I might uh, want to get to know, and then there Bob can make that introduction more easily without me asking, Bob, who can you think of that might need my services? I actually identify who those people might be and just ask Bob politely if he doesn't mind introducing those individuals to me. That has worked uh, tremendously well, uh, combining uh, the going into the meeting and knowing who the individual knows and the organizations are around to build rapport, it's been tremendous to nest and cluster, to surface amidst the convoy, and it's been a real powerful tool to then gather the introductions to the targeted uh, individuals I may want to speak with without putting a lot of pressure on that client to figure out who it is that might want our um, might want the services we have to deliver. Rather, I've turned that topic into who, what doors could he open for me and what conversations might he help start. So, Ralph, how long um, does it take you to kind of do what you just talked about relative to getting prepared for that meeting? Oh, gosh. Um, I literally, you know, I'm, I'm 52, 28 years at this practice, so I'm still a throwback. I do sit with a laptop often, and I sit at my desktop but I have to say I'm not so green. I have that profile printed out, 
And in preparation the night before, I'm reading that profile and I'm looking through the shared connections and I'm looking through the organization. If I spend seven minutes on that to ten minutes on that, that is a lot. Okay. It's and, and I'm walking in with that material in case there's something that surfaces. I'll have that material in that breakfast meeting with me, so I can reflect on it and connect more dots uh, in that meeting. So it's not it's not labor intensive and it's not time consuming. Right, but the return is very. I mean, those three points that you talked about, you can. I think it's obvious to a rational person who's listening that this is a a time well spent and a valuable uh, kind of exercise, a best practice, if you will, on how to reconnect or connect with people. Um, yes. What have you found the reaction of the people that you sit down with who you've done this prep work for, you've requested the meeting, and now you're sitting at the table with them? What is there? Is there an overall kind of reaction that people have had to you? And, and Rick, is this the, the first meeting I'm having with a prospective client, or is this the... Uh, meeting I might call for separately uh, where I'm asking for some introductions. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking about the asking for the introduction part. Okay, so the reactions there. I, generally, one has to feel their way around with a client, uh, whether or not they're going to be receptive, but I would always recommend uh, asking permission before launching into a introduction or or a referral gathering session. In my industry, we refer to it as referral gathering session. So I'm clear about it with my own vernacular, but the, the client's not clear about what is going on in that conversation. So I always ask permission if if the individual, whether it's a man or woman, if they mind if I were to talk about some of the people that I noticed on their LinkedIn that are individuals that I have always wanted to get to know. Mm-hmm. And once they agree to it, which is not a far. It, it's not a. It's not a big leap for them to to agree, especially if you've done a good job as a professional. It's not a big leap for them to make to say yes. That would be fine. Right. And to then simply identify that I've looked through this list of, of individuals. You're well connected with a number of people, but there's really only three or four of them that I really like to get to know. I'm wondering if you know them well enough to make those introductions and open those that door for them to receive my call or to have a meeting with me sometime in the future so I could explain my services to them. Excellent. You know, in the same article, Ralph, you also gave kind of five insights and cautions based on your firsthand experience, and that was kind of sort of where I was going with the earlier question. So let me let me give you an opportunity, if you would. Um, we have about five minutes left here on the radio program for our interview. Could you explain those five cautions or insights based on your firsthand yes. experience with this process? Yeah, so let me start, while I listed them differently in the article, let me start with I don't ever list, I don't ever want to encourage the connections with other professionals in my field. And I and I see a lot of folks who want to build mass of how many connections are in their LinkedIn profile. Uh, I would recommend from the start, do not add your colleagues and friends in the business. It, there's no value to that. Um, that's not who you want to represent uh, to your target audience. Remember, some of your prospective clients are actually looking at your LinkedIn profile and preparing mm-hmm. themselves or doing their due diligence. Secondly, since I work with a lot of other professional CPAs and attorneys, I don't want to tick any of them off, so I tend not to encourage nor do I receive or accept the LinkedIn invitations of the CPAs and the attorneys that are out there. I don't want my 
colleague at one law firm to think that I'm cheating on them and running around with all the other law firms, and that's why they're not getting any business lately. I tend to make stay agnostic to those other professionals rather than show those professionals on my LinkedIn profile for everybody else to see. Uh, besides, I may have a client who's had a bad experience with one of these other professionals, and that may reflect poorly on me. I will advocate to, to our listeners that the basic service is sufficient. While I have uh, have secured and utilized the premium services, I haven't found that to necessarily be a cost-benefit relationship that I'm willing to continue to invest in. I get pretty much everything I need with the basic service, so that's one of the cautions I, I left to my readers and I would share with our listeners. I would suggest that folks link in early and link in often, perpetuate that process, and also call through that process. Make sure that you are staying in touch with the people that are on LinkedIn. I have a fairly mechanized process in the background where folks are reaching out constantly to my LinkedIn uh, connections to make sure that they want to have coffee, want to check up, want to have a phone call, want to have lunch. Many of my LinkedIn connections are not clients, and many I have not met face-to-face. So I am trying to constantly meet those individuals face-to-face and find out where the common ground is. Up to this point, I've been talking about how to extract business. I would also uh, caution folks to think about how do you bring business and how do you give and how do you become a go-giver, not just a go-getter in this world, and how do we do it in an environment with our professional networks becoming a go-giver. So this morning, Ben, in our conversation, I had asked him, how do I identify your target client? How do I help you perpetuate your business? And if I keep an open mind to that, there's other folks, the bigger we build our network, the more uh, we have the facility to actually make those introductions and make their lives easier and have uh, a, a real process of giving, not just taking. It's interesting. I, I love these teachable moments, and, and frankly, um I'm really glad that you we had time in interview for you to talk about your cautions and insights because some of those uh, I, I think are different maybe than many who are listening, especially service providers and people that are you know in that uh, venue or in that um, industry or helping. Uh, so I'm really I find it interesting from your experience your five points of caution or insight. So thanks for sharing those uh, with our audience. If someone would like to learn more about Integrity Wealth Management or learn more about kind of your direct experience utilizing LinkedIn and the ways we've talked about today, how how is it best for them to contact you or reach you, Ralph? Well, our website, integrityiwm.com, so integrity spelled out, the initials I for integrity, W for wealth, M for management.com. If you're dialing uh, from a distance, the toll-free number is 800 742 2772, dialing locally here in um, Southern California, 949-955-1188. I do have a disclosure, Rick. I'm hoping I can impose that uh, I've been asked to, to read any time a potential client could be out there, a prospect could be out there. The um, regulatory bodies ask me to um, make sure I don't fail to say that securities and advisory services are offered through our broker-dealer, FSC Securities Corp. That's a member of FINRA and SIPC. It's a registered investment advisor in Integrity Wealth Management. Is not owned by or affiliated with FSC Securities Corp or registered as a broker-dealer. 
All our insurance services are offered through Integrity Financial Planning, Inc., and our DBA IWM insurance services is an entity also that is not owned or affiliated with FSC Securities. All the information gathered from sources believed to be reliable but cannot be guaranteed. You, uh, these are my opinions and uh, not the opinions of FFC. I appreciate the time you've, you've extended me, and I hope the audience was able to take away a few gems and be able to deploy those uh, straight away. If they would like to see the source article that we've been talking about, is that yeah. available from your website? Huh? Um, it's not on the website. Okay. Uh, but if someone went to info at integrityiwm.com and sent it to, uh, sent an email requesting it, okay. I will send that a copy back out. Perfect. Cause so I would. Info at integrityiwm.com. Yeah, I don't list that kind of article on our website. Um, okay. The website, again, is IntegrityIWM.com. We're Integrity Wealth Management, and we're here in Newport Beach. Ralph, thank you for taking the time to explain your process. Again, I consider it a best practice and as an example of how it can it can manifest itself. Partly this radio interview was a outcome of, of our reconnecting through your LinkedIn process, so it it does have um, it does work. It does have impact. So thanks again, Ralph Adamo, President, CEO of Integrity Wealth Management. Appreciate your time here on the radio show today. Thank you, Rick. Always a pleasure. Have a good day. Take care. All right, we're going to take our second commercial break on the radio program, and then Chris Dyer, our second guest, will be on the program. So stay tuned after these words from our sponsors. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we're going to turn our attention now to our second guest on the program. As I said before the break, his name is Chris Dyer, and Chris is the founder and CEO of People G2. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Let's talk a little bit about your background. Tell us about what you did prior to starting People G2. Well, I was able to build a great amount of experience as an employee myself at a background check company for several years. Uh, and while I was there, I kind of 
really realized how much more could be done to respond to customers' needs and actually saw, you know, this is really a significant place in time. So I left that uh, company and realized I could kind of follow my own path and provide a much better solution for businesses looking to do background checks and other due diligence services. Talk about PeopleG2. When you founded PeopleG2 in 2001, correct? Correct. Okay. So discuss the firm and tell us a little bit about what makes PeopleG2 different in the marketplace. We really exist to you know, drive the risk out of people-related decisions. And not really as a huge scope of, of different scenarios, but you know, every company has a different set of business needs, whether it's screening for new employees or searching for top level executives who fit you know, a company culture standpoint. We really exist to seek and solve out, uh, that specific business need in a due diligence area on a very individual specific level for each company. And we're particularly dedicated to providing uh, that personal service, looking at every angle of screening or a staffing scenario where, you know, many of the firms in our industry are very dependent on an automated type process and automated software. We provide that service through a very uh, sophisticated human interaction and uh, with a bit of strategic thinking on top of it that really helps us stand apart in the industry. So let's let's look at you as the leader, the CEO of your firm. Uh, I like to ask uh, guests when I can on the program to kind of share their, of all the things you've learned in business, kind of your overarching belief system. Here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Chris, we call it your guiding principle. So could you kind of highlight for our audience your guiding principle as you lead and grow people, G2? Sure. Um you know, I, I think the overall guiding principle for us and for really for me specifically, and it's something I try to push uh, or educate within my own staff and company, is that you should really do what you love and what you're good at. Um, and for everything else, find somebody else to help you do the mm-hmm. other things that, that need to be done. Um, we, we find that people are happiest. I know I'm happiest when I'm doing something I love, something I'm good at. Um, and sometimes I think that's counter to what, you know, self-help books tell you or society tells you you should really work hard at the things that you're not good at to get better at them. And there may be some truth to that in some scenarios, but I think people are the happiest and do their best work when they love what they're doing and they're good at it. And they're not being forced to do something that they're terrible at. Uh, you know, you don't ask someone who's, who's no good at filing and organizing to go and file and organize things. Uh, when maybe they're excellent at talking to people and making connections. So I think that's really our kind of guiding principle is finding that right spot and that right connection for people. You know, we've done close to 700 interviews on the radio program, and I haven't asked every guest that question, but I've asked a high percentage of the guests that question in different shapes and sizes. And I'd have to say, Chris, I've not heard that as a guiding principle, which is why I like to continue to ask it. But I also think you're absolutely right. Uh, focus on your strengths and do what you like doing. You'll be much more successful than... I, I love it. Thank you very much for sharing your guiding principle. My pleasure. <laughs> you know, you were nominated this year for the Orange County Business Journal's Excellence in Entrepreneurship Award. Uh, congratulations on that nomination. And, and I'd like to ask you... Thank you. You made a distinct effort to contact other nominees 
here in Orange County in the business community. Could you share with our audience maybe some of the results of contacting your fellow nominees? Yeah, well, I mean, the Excellence in Entrepreneurship, which is kind of a mouthful, uh, that nomination really provided me with kind of a new and exciting opportunity to meet many of the people who kind of make Orange County really a wonderful and successful place to live and work. So there are so many dynamic business leaders there at the ceremony and and certainly listed as nominees. Um, I was inspired by meeting them and, and reaching out to them. So, you know, as you mentioned specifically, I reached out to most of them personally, and I've been really excited about kind of starting that dialogue uh, with them. Some people we've been able to help uh, with our services. Some people I've been able to connect with on a more one-on-one entrepreneur-to-entrepreneur type of uh, scenario, support scenario, um, you know, and been able to, to get help from some other people as well to help our business grow and be better. So it's really been great. I think it was a very um, creative and smart thing to do. Uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, uh, Chris, his organization contacted me. I was very impressed that you thought to do it and then you took action to do it. Uh, I think many times uh, entrepreneurs can have an idea about maybe a marketing program or a, 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 an idea like this, but they don't really um, make it happen in action. And to see someone like you, uh, and I think that's part of the reason why you were nominated for this award by the Orange County Business Journal, that you, you demonstrate this ability to kind of think outside the box. So I, I don't want to pass up that opportunity to sort of patch it virtually on the back and say, I, I think it was a great idea. I'm, I'm glad that it's generating some opportunities and as well as probably more importantly, connections and relationships here in the Orange County business community for you and your firm. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about other how other CEOs feel. Some are very natural salespeople for their business, and sometimes I feel like that's something that I have to work at. That's not my first choice to be out there and be that networker. But for whatever reason, this seemed like a natural way to to interact with people, just to send them a nice note. It didn't have to be a meeting. It didn't have to be me jumping up and down for attention. It was just, you know, reach out and see if there's a chance for dialogue, and it's been really great. Great. Well, congratulations on that, and uh, we love these teachable learning moments here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and, <laughs> and and there's another one. It doesn't have to be around the Orange County Business Journal Excellence and Entrepreneurship, although here we are on the cusp of June, and uh, there's going to be the Women in Business Awards, and that's always a wonderful event as well. So maybe there's mm-hmm. an idea that others can follow up on. I'm going to take our third. My engineer's telling me it's time for us to take our third and final commercial uh, break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, we're going to come back with Chris Dyer, who is CEO of People G2. And when we get back, I'm going to ask you if you can share with us a current challenge that's facing the firm and what you and your leadership team are doing to mitigate that challenge from affecting your future positive progress in business. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for my uh, second half of the interview with Chris Dyer. But first, here are some words from our commercial sponsors. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes the success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. 
If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank and they will handle the rest. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live today from the state-of-the-art studios of octalkradio.net, housed in the beautiful tech space facility in Costa Mesa, this is your host, Rick Franzi of Critical Mass Radio Show. Our guest is Chris Dyer. He is the CEO and founder of People G2. Before the break, Chris, I was going to ask you to share a current challenge, what you're doing about it. Can you think of a challenge that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, you know... One of the big challenges we've had is uh, in integrating into some of these larger HR or applicant tracking type systems and being able to address the needs of large companies while maintaining what is at our essence, our core, this personal touch, this human interaction. Um, you know, while we try to really steer clear from these automated processes in the actual background check process, we really move forward in a very large way on a technological standpoint being integrated with some platforms like Taleo and PeopleSoft, Oracle, Templar, just to kind of name a few, um, where we can really get in there, provide enterprise-level services uh, while still maintaining our core, while still being true to ourselves and true to our, you know, our client base now of uh, medium and small-sized businesses that we've relied on over the years and they've relied on us and we want to make sure that, that that stays the same no matter what. So that's kind of something we've been working on uh, for the last year that, that's been a challenge for us. Okay. L- let's look back then a little bit and talk about, I love this question when we ask it, can you think of a painful, can you think of a valuable business lesson, let's put it that way, that might have come from a difficult or painful experience that you uh, want to share with our audience? As people G2 evolved and identified what our strengths were, um, I had kind of come to the realization and acceptance that we would not be providing this service to every company and that we basically had to learn how to say no. And and that was hard for us as we in the beginning and as we had these little moments of, of large growth. Um, what we do is has a very high quality and has to have a high amount of accuracy for it to be valuable to anybody. And there can be or have been companies in the past that just want a rubber stamp, that want to take a shortcut, or they just want the cheapest solution. And learning how to say no and when to say this is not the right scenario for us and this is not the right relationship for us so we can maintain and and grow in the right way on our own has been something that's been difficult at times, painful at times, and uh, even sometimes rewarding when we see we've made the right choice in that area. Another teachable moment, if I had a gong here in the studio, I'd ask my engineer to ring it. We ought to think about getting one, Paul, if it's not too distracting to the neighbors here at TechSpace. But 
um, knowing who your good, who's the right client for you, who you can deliver value. And, and you're right. At times that's really hard, especially for the sales organization to, to step away from a prospect just because that's what they do for a living. It's not, it's not intuitive for them, is it, to turn a client down? No. And I, I actually just, one of the big things we did was just sit the sales staff down and, and make sure they understood that they had the permission to say no. Mm. But it wasn't their job to bring in anything and everything, no matter what. It was their job to bring in the right type of, of, of clients and the right scenarios. And I, that helped, that them getting that permission to say no themselves. It wasn't just, you know, leadership above them, but they had the right to, to look at something and say, this doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, that helped as well. So we have a few minutes left here on the program, and, and, and um, I'm wondering if you could kind of just share from what we've talked about so far here in the interview, but also social media, uh, employment screening, back. How does how does that whole area? How are you guys dealing with it? What are you finding? What could you share with the audience, which are business owners and CEOs of you know mid-sized companies? What what are you seeing relative to how social media and technology is affecting the the work that you're doing? Well, social media is sort of, in my opinion, the next time bomb waiting to go off for <laughs> companies from a liability standpoint. Nice. Um, people are going out there, Googling people, they're looking up stuff, and what they don't re- probably realize is there is protected class information. The federal government has protected class, and then each state has its own more sort of restrictive subset. They're all different uh, on what a company should not be looking at, should not be asking about or considering. And I think people know some of the biggies, I mean, marital status, race, age. There's some some little biggies, but there's a lot of other really small ones that are very state-specific. And so when you Google someone and you look at all this information, it is impossible not to get all of this data that you're not supposed to be considering as a part of your hiring process. And so really that process that people are putting themselves in is sort of the next thing, a wave of, of lawsuits and class action suits that we, we see coming down the pike here. So we really suggest that companies work with a reputable firm who has a social media search. Um, we happen to have one. And what we do is we pull out the information they're allowed to see mm-hmm. and we remove the things they shouldn't see, they shouldn't be getting, so that their search is legal and so that they're finding the right stuff. The other problem is that for as good as people think they are with searching, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> they, really, they, they run one search, they think they found the person, it may or may not be them. Uh, there's a lot of people have very common names. Um, we actually use an engine that goes out and looks at millions of web pages. It's just something a human being can't do on their own mm-hmm. and pull back the right data. And that provides them a report with not only the potentially negative items, but what even more important, I think, is the positive items as well. There may be some very valuable positive things that you want to know about that applicant that would make you want to hire them more than the other person who looks, you know, on par with them. So, you know, we really suggest that they're very, very careful with that, that they, they find a reputable firm to, to work with and to make sure they're not just you know, Googling that stuff up or whatever, but our search browser is they're going to get themselves in trouble here sooner than later. Excellent. Thank you. It, um, 
very thoughtful way to talk about that topic. And, um, I think you're right. I've had attorneys and people who, you know, litigators. This is an area that employers have to be really careful about, uh, not, not just for their current employees, but also in the search for new, new employees. And as things pick up and the economy continues to grow, we are seeing hiring increase. And so people need to kind of brush up on those skills and do it right. Things have changed over the last few years. Yeah. There's okay. so much out there and it's so tempting, but there's also some problems with it. So Right. And then, you know, you say something says something, someone says something in the interview to a candidate and all of a sudden, you know, you have a, an issue on your hands. And, you know, again, um, working with a professional in this area is probably a very wise thing to do. If someone would like to uh, learn more about your firm, your leadership team, the kind of services that you provide, how do they find you online, Chris? Well, the easiest thing to do is to go to peopleg2.com. Uh, if they want to check us out on Twitter or at peopleg2, or if they want to reach out to me or follow me, it's uh, Chris Dyer 7 Well, thanks for reaching out to our organization. It's been thoroughly enjoyable. I um, I really appreciate how we've connected, and, and congratulations again on being uh uh, selected for the Orange County Business Journal's Excellence and Entrepreneurship Award here in, in this year and continue success and growth for People G2. Great. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's wrapping up our show. We just have uh, time for me to say I'd like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, and our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltis. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our producer, who is on vacation this week, is Rachel Franzi. And I am your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on octalkradio.net.